Welcome back, everybody. Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Yeah. Uh, little known fact. Almost, almost unknown fact to many is that Chip's legal given name is actually Chip's defer Pethuel Bungard. Pethuel. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Just a fun, uh, just a fun day for you to find that out. A little fun fact of the day. Yeah find that out so uh we are reading the book of joel today the whole thing joel one two and three and uh yeah we just finished ezekiel which was such a wonderful lovely uplifting book for all of us yeah it seemed like it only took a day yeah or you know three weeks Hmm. so okay well let's get into the book of joel Joel chapter 1. The Lord gave this message to Joel, son of Pethuel. Wow, look at Pethuel. We have a connection. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I go next. Mourning over the locust plague. Hear this, you leaders of, of the people. Listen, all who live in the land. In all your history, has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come, and let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. After the cutting locust finished eating the crops, the swarming locust took what was left. After them came the hopping locust and then the st- stripping locust, too. Oh. All kinds of locusts. Those locusts need Jesus. <laughs> yeah, they do. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you wine drinkers. All the grapes are ruined, and all your sweet wine is gone. A vast army of locusts has invaded my land. A terrible army, too numerous to count. Its teeth are like lion's teeth. Its fangs are like those of a lioness. It has destroyed my grapevines and ruined my fig trees, stripping their bark and destroying it, leaving the branches white and bare. Weep like a bride dressed in black, mourning the death of her husband. For there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of the Lord. So the priests are in the mourning. Um, They are in mourning. The ministers of the Lord are weeping. The fields are ruined. The land is stripped bare. The grain is destroyed. The grapes have shriveled. And the olive oil, it's all gone. Despair, all you farmers. Wail, all you vine growers. Weep, because the wheat and barley, all the crops of the field, are ruined. The grapevines have dried up and the fig trees have withered. Sorry, Chip. The pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, all the fruit trees have dried up, and the people's joy has dried up with them. Dress yourselves in burlap. Weep, you priest. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come, spend the night in burlap, you ministers and my God, for there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of your God. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. The day of the Lord is near, the day when destruction comes from the Almighty. How terrible that day will be. Our food disappears before our very eyes. No joyful celebrations are held in the house of our God. The seeds die in the parched ground and the grain crops fail. The barns stand empty and granaries are abandoned. How the animals moan with hunger. The herds of cattle wander about confused because they have no pasture. The flocks of sheep and goats bleat in misery. Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the wilderness pastures, and the flames have burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you because the streams have dried up and the fire has consumed the wilderness pastures. Locusts invade like an army. Joel chapter 2. 
Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem. Raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. Fire burns in front of them and the flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden. Behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across the field of stubble, or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank. They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is at the head of the column. His, he leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? A call to repentance. That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now, while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothes in your grief, in your grief but instead, tear your hearts. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priest who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, Has the God of Israel left them? The Lord's promise of restoration. Then the Lord will pity his people and jealously guard the honor of his land. The Lord will reply, Look! I am sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from the north. I will send them into the parched wastelands. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea, and those at the rear into the Mediterranean. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees again will be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. That's good news. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more, the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the 
presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again, you will have all the food you want, and you will praise the Lord your God, who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. The Lord's promise of his spirit. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I'll cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape. Just as the Lord has said, these will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. Judgment Against Many Nations, Joel chapter 3. At the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for harming my people, my special possession, for scattering my people among the nations, and for dividing up my land. They threw dice to divide to decide which of my people would be their slaves. They traded boys to obtain prostitutes and sold girls for enough wine to get drunk. What do you have against me, Tyre and Sidon, and you cities of Philistia? Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, then watch out. I'll strike swiftly and pay you back for everything you've done. You've taken my silver and gold and all my precious treasures. You've carried them off to your pagan temples. You have sold all the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks so they could take them far away from their homeland but i will bring them back from all the places to which you sold them and i will pay you back for everything you have done i will sell your sons and daughters to the people of judah and they will sell them to the people of arabia a nation far away i the lord have spoken say to the nations far and wide get ready for war call out your best warriors let your fighting men advance for the attack hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O Lord, call out your warriors. Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come tread the grapes, for the winepress is full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and moon will grow dark, and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth will shake. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. Blessings for God's people. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, live in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be holy forever, and foreign armies will never conquer her again. In that day the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk. Nice. Water will fill the stream beds of Judah, and a fountain will burst forth from the Lord's temple, watering the arid valleys of Acacias. But Egypt will become a wasteland, and Edom will become a wilderness, because they attacked the people of Judah and killed innocent people in their land. But Judah will be filled with people forever, and Jerusalem will endure through all generations. I will pardon my people's crimes, which I have not yet pardoned, and I, the Lord, will make my home in Jerusalem with my people. Okay. The book of Joel. What an interesting things we learned about we learned about locust strippers 
locust strippers. I just picture sensual music being played as they walk out onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Yes. That's nice. He has his own valley. He does. Yeah, and uh, there's a valley flown or mountain flown with milk or something like that. Yeah, a mountain of milk. Yeah, that's kind of new. New. Well, yeah, and you got to think, too, in their climate, that would be real gross. Yeah. Anyway. Very interesting things that came out of the Book of Joel today. And people heard those interesting things, but, but you know what they're thinking right now? You know what everyone's thinking? I do. They're like, okay, so what? So what? Yeah. And it's up to you, Chip. Well, we'll do our best today. Okay. So what does this mean to me? So there, he's definitely talking uh, to the people about their sins, their their evil deeds, and the fact that the day of the Lord, that day of judgment is coming. Mm-hmm. But there's a call to repentance. I love that. A call to repentance is to change your mind about your behavior, your situation, mm-hmm. to the point where that you would just turn around and turn back to God. Yeah. And, and that is... That's the call for, for those people, and that's based upon the grace and mercy of God, definitely. We don't deserve that, and it's available to us today as well. And I also um, you know, thought about the fact that right on, he just says, wake up. Mm. I think it was like verse 5 or so. Wake up, you, know, you drunkards, and weep. But that idea, wake up. You know, there's a lot to be said about that because many times you know, we're just so focused on anything and everything other than God. You know, and, so and, and we're frustrated and we're discouraged and down. And I can almost hear God just saying, wake up. And you've heard people, you know, uh, say this and you know, maybe you've experienced it. I know I have my own version of it um, where you just kind of hit bottom. Mm-hmm. You hit bottom and, and sometimes hitting bottom is a way for God to say, wake up. Yeah, I've been trying to get your attention, but not working. So so maybe it's that could be a, a thing for you. Maybe you. You got some frustration going on or things happen in your life and and God's just trying to get your attention, you know, and he's trying to get your attention and he wants you to wake up so that you repent of your sins and turn back to him. And so I think it's always good to evaluate everything. I don't think we uh, we have to spiritualize everything and make something out of nothing, but it's always good to evaluate everything that's going on in your life, what you're doing, not doing, and just maybe God's waking you up and so that I also thought about this so that you know uh, he can save us everyone who calls on the name of the Lord everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved Mm -hmm. he wants to wake you up so he can save you and then eventually you know you'll be with him for all of eternity and so that is his desire for all of us so just I think it's just evaluating your, your daily life your thoughts your behaviors your attitudes your you know your relationships, your viewing habits, whatever it may be, and just, you know, kind of pay attention to that. And and just, if you need to wake up, wake up, turn back to God. He's right there. He wants to save you. Love that. There it is. Love that. It's a great so what. Okay, so where is Jesus? Well, I love the um, sort of agrarian or agricultural terms that are used here in chapter 3. Swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe come tread the grapes for the wine press is full mm-hmm. the storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people the crazy thing about joel is he's saying the harvest is ripe for judgment yeah. right and he's using these agricultural terms because uh, israel was a deeply agricultural culture and so lots of farming and things like that so people understood these terms 
Well, that part of Israel didn't change. They were agricultural all the way until the time of Jesus. And Jesus is ministering to people that are uh, agriculturally minded, that are farmers and other things. And so he uses this same phrase about, you know, or this sort of language. And he actually says in Mark chapter 4, let's see, that would probably be verse 26-ish, parable of the growing seed. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he's asleep or awake. The seed sprouts and grows but does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then heads of wheat are formed and finally the grain ripens. And soon the grain is ready. The farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the time of harvest has come. Now, here's the thing about Jesus' parables. They are about judgment like Joel. Yeah. But... The point of Jesus' parables is always, always, always that there is free deliverance from judgment. And so we don't see that here in this section of Joel, but we do see it where you read, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. And so this book of Joel, in its format and function, it's much longer than any of Jesus' parables that we have recorded, but it just reminds me of Jesus' parables. There's this warning of coming judgment. There's this agrarian uh, agricultural terminology and then there's this promise of free deliverance from judgment so I just see Joel teaching from God's you know God's uh, divine instruction teaching the same way that Jesus does now the culture has changed and you know Jesus comes many many years later and not during the exile necessarily but um, I just see the format the same and the message is the same there is real impending sudden judgment coming mm-hmm. and real tangible, accessible deliverance from that judgment that you can have through repentance and calling upon God. Yeah. So that's where I see Jesus today. Joel's a very interesting book. We didn't even touch, you know, the the reference to the Holy Spirit. No. I believe Joel too. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a whole other ballgame there. So, yeah, interesting little book. You can dig pretty deep into these three chapters, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. And hopefully you do. Yeah. But for tomorrow... It's a new book. We're coming back to a new book. Yes. Okay. Thank you guys for joining us today. We are very proud of you. Day 256 down. Great job. Many of you, this is the first time you've gotten to this day ever in your lives. Ever. And we are super proud of you. Just think, we've got, we're almost to just having 100 days left. Wow. We're also almost to the New Testament. We have just a couple weeks before we start the New Testament. that's crazy. Go invite your friends to join us to read the New Testament. In the meantime, we're going to go get some sleep. You get some Mm -hmm. sleep, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Mm -hmm.